All right. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> We're trying to get in the zone before the podcast. We're like, like, all right, center yourself, center yourself, center yourself. Good start. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 102 of the Fame Kills podcast, Hollywood True Crime. We talk about cults, murders, lawsuits, and everything in between in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Morgan Tremaine, joined by Sabrina Lynn. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. How you doing today? I'm like jittery from coffee and no food. Jerry from Coffee and No Food. We probably should have eaten before this, but this one's going to be a little bit faster one. Okay. We wanted to do this one particularly because it's Coronation Day. Prince Charles it becomes a... You know, it was, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's still the same day over there in the Is UK. It? I don't know. There's that's like a, not that's there's, not the detail we're trying to focus like on in this podcast. There's a nine-hour difference. Yeah, nine. And it's like two in the afternoon now. So. Yeah, I think it happened at like 2 a.m. our time. Well, regardless, that's not the point. <laughs> Anyways, it... Is or was Coronation Day. Prince Charles is now King Charles. Uh, long live the king or whatever. Ugh. So, yeah. And I think that's kind of the reaction that a lot of people have had. Me too. And I definitely anybody who's been watching The Crown uh, for any length of time. Because while that is generally speaking fiction, it is very much inspired by true events. And really it's just the conversations themselves you are altered. You introduced me to The Crown and we got like 10 minutes into the episode where... And you decided that you were too tired. And yeah. we never got back to it. Well, I'm lucky. I, I usually turn stuff off if right away there's something like somebody dying from cancer or something. So I'm just like, what a, what a bummer. And that's exactly how it opens. Uh. It's just like, ugh. It's all about, it's all about the, queen's, uh, the queen's dad. Like, obviously, because her, I mean, her journey to become queen started with her birth, obviously. But really, it's the turning point for her was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a queen like right now. So they obviously take the point where her dad's dying. That's when mm-hmm. it makes sense for that's when the, you know, the show would start. But anyways, so today in, I don't want to say in honor, but because of the coronation, today's episode in is about of. in recognition of the, the coronation of Prince Charles to King Charles. Um, we are talking about the death of Princess Diana. Uh, so Princess uh, Fra- uh, Diana Frances Spencer was later known as Princess Diana. Was mm-hmm. born on July first, nineteen sixty-one. Does that make her a cancer? Mm-hmm. I'm July 9th, so I'm a cancer. Cancer babies, yay! In uh, Park House, England, she was the fourth of five children. I don't know if that counts as a middle child, does it? It's one of them. One of middle, not smack dab in the middle, but she's like mm-hmm. in the middle. Especially, it's probably worse to be of the latter end of the middle children because you get probably get even less attention there. But anyways, well, let me think. I have. Oh God! How many siblings do I have? Bunch. I have six. Six too many. siblings. Arguably too many. Yeah. Yeah, I have six siblings, and um, I am the second oldest, oldest, middle youngest, and only child. When you look at it on paper, because cool. of a that bunch of confusing. legal discrepancies. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, anyways, so she was the fourth of five children. <laughs> It's like this this onion. There's just layers of, of this is going to slowly, if you take pieces of this podcast, it'll be a very weird biography of your early childhood. Because there's, there's my dad's biological kids, his legal kids, my mom's biological kids, and then how you consider the relationship with my stepmother. Christ. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways. 
So she was the fourth of five children to parents with a very tumultuous marriage. Um, they divorced when Diana was just seven years old. So she grew up in, uh, in Park House, which is part of a uh, uh, Sandringham estate. And she attended various like really fancy schools and, and like boarding schools and stuff. And despite her being generally kind of a shy and introverted child, she excelled at school. She loved sports and like swimming, diving and horseback riding. You'll see her. There's lots of photos of her horseback Man, riding. I wish and I had such. that kind of motivation. What, to like do sports and stuff? To like, I don't know, more involved. I get what you mean. That's a lot. That's a lot of commitment. I was in cheerleading in yearbook in high school, and that was already too much. Oh yeah, I gave up the trumpet after like a week. <laughs> I was like, this thing's stupid. I don't like it. You people are weird. I don't want to get up early. I'm done. You know, my high school band was so large; it was two thirds of the student population. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's 300 like... and some kids, and 200 of them were in band. Oh man, I think that that would be like a that could be like a new glee where it's just like band and the whole school. It's like one of those high school musical kind of schools, but everyone's just in band. Copyright, <laughs> 2023. <laughs> uh, so in 1977, Diana's father inherited the title of Earl Spencer, and the family moved uh, into this grand estate in Northamp- Northamptonshire. I'm going to struggle a lot with these very pretentious uh, English names. Uh, Diana's parents divorced, uh, had taken a toll on her, and she struggled with depression and an eating disorder uh, throughout her teenage years. So she had, she had, that was that was a big issue. But obviously, her dad becoming an earl is going to play a big part in this because that's one of the 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 qualifications of oh yeah, she could totally be like the queen mother. After finishing school, uh, she worked as a nanny in a kindergarten uh, before moving to uh, London in 1979 to work as a uh, as a children's nanny. Sorry, I, I messed that up. Anyway, after finishing school, she w- she worked as a nanny, and then she also was a kindergarten teacher, and she moved to London to, to keep being a nanny. Uh, it was around this time that Diana first met Prince Charles, who was 13 years her senior senior and already a well-known figure in the British royal family. You keep saying Diana. Do I? Yes. Diana instead of Diana? Yep. All right. All right. Diana, Diana, Diana. Why do I keep saying Diana? What is wrong with me? I don't know. Maybe Diana is a little too much foreshadowing for your taste. Because of the word die? <laughs> but they call her Princess Die. You've heard that, right? The yeah. short. I might be right. I, t- I rescind my apology. I might be right. We'll never know. But I'm because I'm moving on with this podcast you, and choosing not to look it up. Look it up. No, that sounds exhausting. The podcast is happening. The ball's rolling, baby. <laughs> We're moving forward. People Google things mid-podcast all the time. Fine, we're doing this. Hold on. Let me let me grab my phone. We're doing this. We're doing it. All right. Good old howtopronounce.com. Let's see this. How to pronounce Princess Diana. Diana Spencer or whatever. Here we go. Let's see what let's see what happens. Did you press play? Princess Diana. They said Diana. That was right? a little bit ambiguous the way she. Yeah, that wasn't. Was that recorded. was not helpful. That was not helpful. Let's try. Let's try this one more time. Princess Diana. Diana. All right, I'll do Diana for the rest of this. You happy? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I care about our credibility. Yes, thank you. All right, Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Diana Spencer met Prince Charles when she was dating her older sister, Lady Sarah. At the time, uh, Diana was just 16 years old and Charles was 29. Gross. They met again in 1980. Well, that's, when, that's just when they met. They didn't start dating. He was dating the sister, the older sister. Mm-hmm. And so then that's just when they met the first time. And then they Wait, met again in 1980. Much older? 
Well, she was 19. Oh, oh you mean how much older was the, the, the other um Yeah, the how, other how old was the older sister? When uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I have to check, but... Of, so legal, of, like legal age, of legal age, of legal upsetting. Nah, I don't. I don't think so. But like, like they didn't start dating until Diana was sixteen. So there's I, legal, I, and then there's appropriate. That is that is extremely true. Uh, however, I don't. Th- I, I think it was something uh, equivalent. Let me look it up. Let's look it up <laughs> while we're googling things. Yeah. While we're googling things. How old was Lady Sarah? You can hear a cat meowing in the background. Lady Sarah when she uh, dated just Prince. look up. Charles. What? I was going to say you could just look up. In her early 20s. Okay. It's fine. That's close enough. Yeah, that's good. Not too gross. Still much older, but you know. So they started, they met again in 1980 when Diana was 19 and Charles was still dating her sister. Uh, But after Charles and Lady Sarah ended their relationship, Charles and Diana began seeing each other uh, a lot more frequently. And they were spotted together at a polo match in July 1980. I think that's when it first became like a whole thing. Um, when people were like, who's this girl? Oh my God. Oh my God. Is he, are they dating? Oh my God. I'm assuming that's how people spoke in the eighties in the UK. Um, so they were, they were spotted more frequently. Um, and, uh, he invited Diana to uh, stay with him at Balmoral Castle, which is the Royal family Scottish estate, uh, mm-hmm. later that year. Uh, their courtship was brief, but intense. Charles proposed to Diana in February, 1981. Um, she was very much like, again, it was like daughter of an Earl, uh, young, pretty. Everyone was like, "This is the one." Bag it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, I heard like it's not like it was arranged, but it was like Let's assured. Say, yeah, heavily encouraged. Yeah, as would make sense that's, because that's of, my understanding of their relationship. It wasn't arranged, but it was kind of like a you two kids. You you'd be great together. Why don't you just get together? Yeah, like right now. Yeah. Right now, very formally, yes. Yeah, because obviously when it's someone like, you know, he's he's going to be king, and it's this stupid monarchy thing. So they're like, yeah, we're going to... It's it's kind of an approval process, mm-hmm. which did, is... When did um, Camilla get in this? We're going we're gonna to get to Camilla. They knew each other for a long, long time. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Like they had their own little it's, romance and it got shut down. It started in the 70s, yeah. And then yeah. it sort of, then when he went off to the military, they drifted apart. And then um, she married somebody else, had a couple kids, but they'd stayed close mm-hmm. and, you know, poisoned uh, his marriage today. Because <laughs> again, he, if, you, if, you, again, if you follow the crown, you know this whole story. And a lot of this is, uh, a lot of that was based on, you know, real testimonial and stuff. It's like, it really is that he was like, I want to be with Camilla. And they were like, no, you're going to be with Diana and you're going to be happy. Go. To be fair. Mm-hmm. If anything ever happened between you and me, I would be a constant background figure throughout your entire life and poison all of your relationships. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. And I, I do suspect that this is, it's not an abnormal arrangement mm-hmm. uh, for this to be like the, the love triangle kind of case. It's just on this scale and with the death of his wife later, it becomes a, you know, a much bigger deal. Sorry if you hear the cat meowing in the background. I think she's chasing a fly in the other room, but she's doing okay. Um, their courtship was brief and intense, we said. Um, he proposed and uh, in February 1981. They were married in July 1981, very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lavish ceremony, St. Paul's uh, Cathedral in London, uh, as is typical. The wedding was watched by millions around the world and was seen as very much like a fairy tale come true for her. Uh, little did they know what was going to come. Wait, so engaged in February. Married, married in, in July. July. Yeah. 
think we got married faster. I, I believe we did, yeah. We got married faster. Uh, so the marriage, unfortunately, was troubled <laughs> <Loser>. from... <laughs> the marriage was troubled uh, pretty much from the start. Charles and Diana had very different personalities and interests, and Charles was still in love with Camilla. Okay. So uh, Prince Charles and Camilla's relationship date back to the early 70s when they first met at a polo match. I can't the polo matches. I guess that's just what you do. That's how you That's how you find... Uh, mm. That's how you catch tail. You got to... Go trolling around the polo, uh, I think polo that's stadium. That's just what British people do: is they just go to polo of, matches of a certain and class. Beans on toast. Of a certain <laughs> class, yeah. By the way, I keep seeing a trend on TikTok. They keep saying, like, in honor of the coronation, here's some of his favorite food, and it's always like sausage sandwiches and these weird like baked egg dishes with with cheese. You know, and stuff. My, yeah, it looks okay, but it's like it's just kind of weird. So, yeah. like, my grandfather immigrated from Liverpool when he was a child. Mm -hmm. And he had the weirdest appetite. My mom literally saw him. He would, and my grandma was always so pissed about this. He put raw onions on two untoasted slices of bread and just eat the onion sandwich. And oh, my God. grandma would get pissed because he'd leave a trail of onions through the kitchen down the stairs. Was to he starving to death? Jesus, that's horrible. If he didn't eat that, he would spend all morning sauteing onions and eat just a big bowl of onions <laughs> oh god you know that actually reminds me this is something to get to touch on really fast the uk like 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 british people have a, a terrible reputation when it comes to food but I, I was in london a couple years ago the city is completely transformed it's now like a food mecca it's awesome it has some of the best food i've ever had in my life even like italian food i mean it's a lot of immigrants have come there but because of that it's be it's become this huge melting pot of like awesome food so know. it's like it's you, their traditional food is not amazing. However, London, uh, in my opinion, is a huge food destination now. And I think if you're a foodie, it's a, it's a good place to go. It's worth going. All I've been seeing on TikTok lately is like the terrible, horrible food that London has to offer and like how they fuck up like Chinese food and Mexican food really bad. Well, that's a whole other thing. You know what? The cat is one. You want to just let her in? I feel bad. I think she might be trying to get in. Is she in now? All right, hi, kitty. All right, there's uh, there's a cat joining us now for the for the podcast listeners. Anyways, um, so yeah, they met at a polo match. They had an instant connection and started dating soon after. However, their, however, like we said, their relationship was put on hold when Charles was sent overseas for military duties. Um, in 1973, Camilla married uh, Andrew Parker Bowles. Oh, shoot, I forget how to say his name. And it was a friend of Charles. Um, it was a friend of Charles. They had two children together, and despite Camilla's marriage, Charles and Camilla continued their relationship, and they were often seen together at social events scandalous Rude. He, he didn't do much to to dispel that uh that he was having sort of an affair with camilla and that that's who he really wanted to be with he's a little weasel he's a little weasel definitely meanwhile diana uh, was struggling kind of like a weasel yeah a little bit yeah he's not a he's not a great looking guy he looks like he's about to fly away if you know what i mean <laughs> uh meanwhile diana was uh struggling with the intense media attention uh that came with being a member of the royal family does that sound familiar Sound familiar for current day? Uh, and she had trouble adjusting to her new role as the wife of the heir to the throne. So in 1982, Diana gave birth to the couple's first son, Prince William. Uh, they welcomed their second son, Prince Harry, in 1984. And despite the birth of their children, the marriage continued to deteriorate extremely. Uh, both Charles and Diana had affairs, and they were often publicly at odds with each other. But despite these struggles, Diana had, uh, she used her position as an influence for good. She did some awesome stuff during all of this. Like, they definitely mm -hmm. don't want to be together, but she's doing the right thing and using her fame as um as a, a vessel for good. 
So specifically, uh, her work in uh, AIDS and HIV awareness was amazing. So in April uh, 1987, at the height of the AIDS uh, epidemic, while many turned away and ignored what was happening, Princess Diana opened the UK's first specialist HIV AIDS unit at London's Middlesex Hospital, mm -hmm. uh, a space that, that would exclusively care for patients with the virus. While visiting the unit, she would famously note, HIV does not make people dangerous. No, no, you can shake their hands and give them a hug. Heaven knows they need it. What's more, they share their homes, their workspaces, and their playgrounds and toys. For people living with HIV, your comments mark the start of a monumental effort to see them treated with dignity, respect, and compassion. And through her actions, she showed everyone that HIV can uh, cannot be passed through day-to-day uh, -day contact. It's that that kind of act that made Diana so beloved with everyone, yeah. except her husband, <laughs> Charles, who was basically driven mad by jealousy because everyone loved her, and he was just this absolute like boiled potato of a human being. Which is it's unfortunate. Such a good way to describe it. Yeah, just, just, just like a boiled potato. Yeah, like he'll he'll get the job done. You won't starve on it, but no one's excited about eating it, basically. Uh, so in 1982, the couple announced their separation. Sorry, 1992. I think I might have said 82. Uh, they announced their separation and their divorce was finalized in 1996. Diana was then stripped of her title, Her Royal Highness, but she remained a beloved figure around the world. And I don't have it here, but there was a great um, Nelson Mandela like said all this awesome stuff about her work in. Um, her work in uh, HIV and AIDS awareness and understanding. She she did some amazing, amazing work in the 80s and 90s. You know, I heard the story, and I'm not sure how true it is, but didn't she used to go and, like, hang out with Freddie Mercury? He, like, so, disguised her so he could take her out to a club one night? Yeah, apparent, allegedly that happened, yeah. Mm -hmm. And... There's all sorts of great stories. She had a real great humor about this. Everyone kind of expected her to be really stuck up and... And snooty like the rest of the royal family, but she was just so down to earth. It's like uh, Michael Jackson was playing for the royal family. I forget when this was, somewhere in the 90s, I believe. And he has that song, Dirty Diana. Mm -hmm. And so they preemptively took out the song because uh, they figured that would that would offend and it would be a whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so when he met her, she immediately was like, please tell me you're doing Dirty Di uh, Diana. That's my favorite song. Please do it. And they put it back in. She was awesome. She had a really good sense of humor about all this. Nice. Yeah. Um, so she uh, she was stripped of her title, but she was just a huge figure around the world still. Mm -hmm. So now we get to her death, which is super unfortunate. On August 31st, 1997, Diana, who was 36 years old at the time, was traveling in a car with her boyfriend, uh, Dodi Fayed, through the... Uh, That's not a name. He's Egyptian. Yes, it's his name. It is? Yeah. That is so crazy. It's spelled crazy. I spelled it phonetically in the script. Uh, Stop reading the script. I'm telling you a story. I, it's it's better for my comedy. That's not a name. Yeah, I spelled it phonetically so I didn't screw it up and, and seem like an asshole for trying to mispronounce this Egyptian name. Uh, and now we're here. Well, it's spelled phonetically, and I was like, that is not <laughs> that is not a name. But yeah. now it makes sense. Dodi Fayed, yeah. And uh, How they do you were spell it. You spell it D O D I. That's uh, a cool name. Yeah, it, it is a kind of a cool name. So he is, if I remember correctly, he was like an Egyptian film producer. Um, so you were driving, uh, they were driving through the Pond uh, de l'Alma. I, f I forget how to say that. The tunnel. A tunnel in Paris, let's say. Really, the I'm really struggling through this Paris. part. The tunnel in Paris, yeah. Uh, and on, uh, the car crashed into a pillar. They were speeding, and we'll get into some of the details here, but they crashed into a pillar, and it was, it was just disastrous. So Dana was rushed to the hospital, but she died from her injuries just a few hours later. Uh, Dodi Fayette and the driver of the car. Yeah, that's how you spell it. Stop <laughs> looking at the script. I'm telling a story. All right, Dodi Fayed and the uh, so 
Jody Fayette and the driver of the car, Henry Paul, were also killed in the crash. The only survivor was her bodyguard, who suffered some serious injuries. Oh, wow. So Jody Fayette and the driver, and a lot of people are going to blame this on the driver, and we'll, we'll get into that. So the news of Diana's death sent shockwaves around the world. Tributes poured in from world leaders, celebrities, anyone who was touched by her charitable work, and how just compassionate and awesome she was. Like, I cannot... I cannot overemphasize how beloved she was in, in pop culture, by the British people, by Americans, by everybody. People were on Team Diana her, her whole life and were not digging Charles in any way. Um, so in the days after her death, the public outpouring of grief was immense. Thousands of mourners gathered outside Kensington Palace. Like The, the photos are insane. Um, they left flowers, notes, other tributes. The funeral was held on September 6, 1977 at Westminster Abbey, which is awesome. They still did it at Westminster Abbey. Sorry, 1997. Do I keep saying 87? You said 77 this time. Oh, I did. Thank you. 1997. Um, Westminster Abbey, and it was watched by millions around the world. So this, here we get to the circumstances of her death. So there's okay. a lot of speculation and controversy. Like, I don't know if you remember when she died. Do you remember that on TV at all? You were too young for that, right? I was born in 98. Oh, yeah. So I was, I, I'm old enough to remember like little bits, like it, it was, it, it was akin to like whatever the, the biggest event you could possibly imagine on, on TV. It was, it was insane. There were people doing like 3d animations of like exactly what happened to her and, and exactly how the car crashed. People were, were digging deep and deep and deep into what happened. Um, so the driver, it turns out Henry Paul had been under the influence of alcohol and prescription drugs at the time of the crash. But, of course, there's conspiracy theories suggesting that it wasn't an accident and it was a result of some kind of plot by the British royal family because they, um, they despised her for, for being this, this figure and for, like, I, I think a lot of them blamed the divorce on her solely. Mm -hmm. and, and she just, she basically didn't play the game correctly. They were like, we installed you, you should be extremely grateful, but you're both being spoiled brats about this. So just she didn't she didn't play the part in the way they were expecting her to. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, again, there's a lot of parallels that people have drawn between uh, Diana and Meghan Markle. The, despite whatever you think of her or whatever, there are a lot of a lot of uh, similarities in in not playing ball with how messed up the royal family is mm -hmm. and being kind of a pariah because of it and being forced out of it, whether by choice or by divorce. Um, so. The paparazzi actually played a really significant role in her death. And this is this is something that's probably the, I would say, the most significant time where the paparazzi were, were seen as just the devil. Because, and not a lot of people realize this, in, in France, the paparazzi are so much more aggressive. Really? So much more. Way more than, uh, than in America. In America, it's... it's more like part of an entertainment news industry as a whole, whereas it's Again, this is in my personal experience as someone who's worked in this industry. The, the the French, it's more like an insane obsession with celebrity in in a non-material way and like a just wanting to like get to them and stuff. But also in general, there were people who would fly around the world following her because pictures of her were so valuable. Mm -hmm. And and again, just to speak on how the paparazzi work in these kind of scenarios, there's there's people that work for, for companies specifically like the TMZ paps mm -hmm. and... They're the ones who don't do as much gross stuff because they have a reputation of a news organization behind them. The The worst people who who do a lot of the chasing and a lot of the really gross stuff, they're the the people who just grab a camera and then try to sell who, to whoever will buy it. Mm -hmm. They're people who just are completely freelance. 
So she was being chased by a lot of people. Like it's it's dudes on motorcycles and Vespas so they can weave through traffic and catch up to you. Um, she was being hounded. Like not not only just in France, but like literally everywhere mm-hmm. because she was she was a fashion icon. She was she was pop culture. She was she was royalty. It was like this perfect storm of being ultra famous uh, at a at a at a time where uh, people weren't as accessible as they were as they are now because of social media. Social media changed everything. So back then it was just we need to get to Diana. She is such good press. She is so valuable, and they were chasing her down in Paris. And so that's we figure one of the reasons they were speeding. They were speeding away, and then for whatever reason it it caused a it caused a crash. So, so you at, said they crashed into a pillar in a tunnel? Yeah. It was like, uh, like imagine a, a tunnel where there's like, there's traffic in both ways and the divider is, oh, like is pillars. Oh, like the airport. Don't they have that kind of shit Yeah, it's on? that kind of thing. It's a, it was a support pillar kind gotcha, of deal. Gotcha. So they, they smashed into that. They, you know, lost control somehow. And, um, and that ended up what happened. But everyone basically blamed the paparazzi for chasing her down. And that's why they were speeding. And then, of course, the driver was some, some level of under the influence which played a part as well. So a little bit A, a little bit B, but because of that, I mean, the paparazzi were just were seen as as monsters who who killed her. They chased her down, and you'd see you'd see paps uh, on like red carpets with signs saying like "We're not monsters," that kind of thing, and trying to fight for their right to do this. And you know, again, it's easy to to look at the paparazzi and say they killed her. They didn't need to chase her down. But a lot of this is was based on public interest. There was. There was a demand for these photos and mm-hmm. a demand for what she was doing. So the the public demand dictated the value of these images and how desperately people would uh, would go to, or the lengths they would go to to get this, mm-hmm. this information, these images, these videos. So you can't put the blame entirely on the paparazzi. Um, it's a little bit, you know, the driver, a little bit them chasing him down, causing them to, to, to sort of flee in a hurry. And then also just in general, the, the public's demand for more Diana. I, it, that, in my opinion, of the whole thing. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they were in pursuit of her, and they crashed. Public outrage uh, for her death. With the the paparazzi were widely criticized for relentless pursuing her, and to capture her image. And in the aftermath of her, there was there were calls for greater regulation on paparazzi and stricter laws to protect the privacy of public figures. Uh, the media was forced to kind of reflect on this. However, as I think we all know, nothing changed basically. I would argue the only thing that has changed how the paparazzi um, operate now is social media because the access to the celebrities is more in their control and you're, you end up reporting more on what's happening in social media and using a lot of those photos instead of paparazzi stuff. So I, It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but I, I will say that not, not a lot of change came from this. Mm-hmm. It's, it essentially stayed the same, and especially if you're, if you're in France, like a big celebrity who arrives at an airport... You can expect like that section of the airport is going to be shut down, and there's going to be thousands of people. It gets. I didn't realize nutty. it was such a big deal in France. It is, yeah. And you, I mean, I know that you would think of the French people as sort of like blasé about it, mm-hmm. and being like whatever. But uh, but no, they there's a huge celebrity culture there, and really? and the paparazzi are, are very very aggressive. Yeah, so, same in the UK. In the UK, it's very aggressive, but in France particularly. Um. So yeah, there was a sense that they with the public that they played a role obviously um and uh there was the fascination with that created this market for it it was just it was a it was a really shitty situation and a lot of the a lot of the, the not only the paparazzi but the media in general <coughs> ended up taking some pot shots because of it um so then in 2005 we we're back back to charles and camilla 2005 eight years after her passing charles and camilla married in a civil ceremony at windsor uh at windsor guild hall 
Mm-hmm. The wedding uh, was a comparatively low-key affair, but it was still attended by members of the royal family and close friends. And uh, despite the ongoing controversy, Diana's legacy lives on. She was a devoted mother. Uh, she was a tireless advocate for all sorts of charitable causes. She's She was like the, the perfect kind of uh, example of someone who used their, their celebrity influence for good. Uh, to the detriment of her own personal uh, personal life, her relationships with, with uh, her with her family and 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 friends, and she just had, I mean, it's like a case of like a really troubled life. We talked about Marilyn Monroe last time, and it was mm-hmm. really just like this is something that the public pushed her uh, into this to be this this sort of bizarre figure, and then because of that, just her fucking husband just drove it just drove him insane with jealousy. Mm-hmm. And that pushed him apart. Combined with the fact that she, it drove her nuts that he did not want to be with her and just wanted to be with Camilla. So, a lot of people now, of course, today, yesterday, uh, seeing a crown put on Camilla's head is sort of a gross moment because mm-hmm. you can't help but think that could have, and arguably should have been Diana. And it really, it really is kind of a blow to see that he finally got what he wanted. And obviously a lot of people argued like, you know, he definitely had her killed, but I, I would argue that he probably didn't because he definitely could have been with Camilla regardless, Mm -hmm. uh, because they were totally divorced and she, like she, it's, it's weird about like widow versus divorcee, but basically the only difference is he wouldn't have been able to wed in a certain, a certain place, like a certain church. Okay. Like again, like divorce marriage and the church are very are very weird and mm-hmm. and the king or queen is the is the head of the church whenever they're in so it's 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 very weird how all that works and i'm not going to get into it but you can watch a lot of documentaries about that case but but yeah so it kind of sucked to see this brat get the crown put in his head which by the way the entire time he had this look on his face like this would have been a lot more fun 30 years ago mm-hmm. when i'm not like you know an old decrepit old uh man and then and then to see camilla with the crown is um uh, it sucks. It sucks that it's not Diana, and she had to go through all this and was was killed by just a, a really bizarre media frenzy. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's the that's the only person I can put this at the feet of. It, it was it was a media frenzy combined with her her uh, her driver, which is a lot simpler a case. Hello, kitten. Yeah, that's uh that is the life and death of Princess Diana. There's a ton more um, awesome stuff about her that you can you can find out all about her charitable mm-hmm. causes and. Um, yeah, she she did a lot of amazing work, and uh, I I really wanted to take today to try to reflect on Princess Diana as we see a crown put on I heard the other that, woman. Like, out of like all of the British TV stations, there was like one that like refused to show the coronation, and instead they're doing like oh my God, the uh, cat is attacking me right now. Life of it's not the time. Life of Diana thing. Uh I didn't I read about that. There was that. one that was doing that. I wouldn't be surprised though. That's awesome. That's really awesome. They do. I mean, the coronation is just. It's it's it sucks that it's even happening because it's it's just such an expensive thing to do in a time where the UK government like the finances are not doing well to mm-hmm. do essentially throw a big fancy party for for the for the new king it's just it just costs a lot for a, a big unnecessary ceremony mm-hmm. that essentially is just like woo I deserve this yay I remember um, when Prince William married. Kate? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm getting the names right. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just so far removed from, like, all the royal family, like, history and stories and tabloid stuff. I try to be, too, but, yeah, sometimes it's hard to I remember when they got married, and I think I was in seventh grade, 
Mm-hmm. Not to date myself too much, but um, my my geography teacher was like super obsessed with the royal wedding and like had like whole assignments based around it, and like it was a big deal. People every, people really like, liked them both. And I literally was like, "Who cares?" And she's like, starts crying. Oh my god! And she was like. In this world where there's so much terrible things going on. Oh my god. We get to watch a fairy tale play out. Jesus Christ. And she's like, is it so bad that we just want to forget? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. See, here's my thing. I feel like, I don't know. I think you can't get away with that anymore. People are too aware that like everything is horrible. Uh Nothing's going to pull me out of it. It's one of those things like after like I, I really I really think like after 9/11 all of the superhero movies got like grittier and darker mm-hmm. because it was like dude, it was like dude you we can't shun away from the horror of the world right now. Yeah. I mean, and I really like, feel like everything is wrong in the world right now too and it's just like I I there's no fairy tale especially when it comes to this. It's like it's like Diana died, there's this other woman now and it's just I don't know, it's really a bummer to watch. Yeah, like what well, and she like yelled at us for that because we didn't care enough about the royal wedding. It's hilarious. We were like, just care that like what's for lunch. I don't even know what's going on in the world because I'm 13. Yeah, so, <laughs> South Park I think got the coronation uh, or the um the the royal wedding down pat. They did a good job. That was fun. The Canadian royal wedding. Yeah, that was a good one. Rips her arm off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do? Shove any arm Is, is that what ass. happened? I never watched As it. As is tradition. No. <laughs> Talking about. Of course not. Anyways. All right. That's the life and death of Princess Diana. Uh, we're going to try to do another one of these um, oh, every week, basically. Uh, and we'll try to keep them sort of relevant to what's going on. Um, I want to do one, I think, next week, maybe something a, a, little more about, a little more about the writer's strike. We might find something there to talk about the 08 writer's strike and <laughs> maybe Jay versus Conan stuff. We'll see. I'll be here listening. Maybe here. And anybody and, uh, who's watching this, um, please reading check out. Uh, yeah, talk. Right. Yeah, correcting my pronunciations. We go rightfully, except when it's spelled out phonetically. I was That's so not a con- name. I was so confused because it was like doe, like deer, and the D, and it's like <laughs> written in all caps with a bunch of hyphens in it, and it just did not connect that it was. But what if it was? What if it was some kind of like. Some kind of just foreign that name. Was, and that's like, how it was spelled. spelled like fee fi fo fum Yes. You don't know. Anyways. I, I think right. I know. By the way, if you're a podcast listener, you're missing some precious kitty moments. The cat's been on my lap for like the last 10 minutes. Um, but anyways, if you're if you're watching this and you like it, there's a Patreon. Please go to patreon.com slash Morgan Tremaine. There's various uh, tiers to, uh, to, uh, to help subscribe. She's like ripping out cables and stuff, by the way, the cat. This is chaos. This is chaos. <laughs> Anyways, uh, be sure to check out the Patreon. You can get early access to the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. to um, to the podcast. Uh, there's going to be a, a separate link to it. Say again. You can pay for promotions. Yeah, Patreon. you can pay for promotions there too. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to plug anything. Um, right now, we don't have any sponsors. We're trying to get this out and make sure it's good. But yeah, thank you for watching. Appreciate it. And uh, sponsored by Phonics Monkey. What is that? <laughs> That's from South Park. It's the monkey that teaches you. It's hooked on phonics thing. Oh, my thing. God. That's a South Park thing? Yeah. All right, good story. Anyways. It's an actual monkey that plays the drums, and they're like, <laughs> cat. Cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Not sponsored by them, but that's cool. Yeah, sure. Not sponsored by a fictional company from South Park? Correct. Not. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you you next week. Thanks. Bye.